Queens of the Court Podcast. Get it. <laughs> we're back. Well, we just got to stop saying that. Like, we were gone. Like, <laughs> you know. So our show happens when it happens, all right? <laughs> I mean, circumstances have, you know, prevented us from happening as often as we'd like this year. But we're going to get better about that. It's the Queens of the Court podcast. Here to bring you everything you need to know about women's basketball on this rock flying through space called earth yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're the king size queens sure i'm paul jafrida i'm john and uh we're back and we're excited to be here my voice is a little bit hoarse because i'm recovering from uh flu or coronavirus or you know, whatever I had. Definitely corona. Definitely coronavirus, even though I haven't traveled anywhere no. other than, like, down the block. But anyway. Yeah, you don't go out too much. <laughs> I'm anyway. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyway. So, yeah, we were sick last week, so we didn't we didn't have a show for you because we could barely talk. Yeah, he, but, uh, he would have been hacking up a lung. But we back. and Both of our voices still sound kind of weird. Uh, your voice sounds totally normal. What? Yeah. What? Uh, we should take a poll. If you think John's voice sounds totally normal, um, say yeah right now. Yeah. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I love you. Did you hear all that? All those yes happening all around the world? Anyway. Um, yeah. A lot of crazy stuff has been happening. We'll give you a little real-time update. Um, real-time There was update. a real exciting uh, game today, uh, a non-rank matchup. Um, oh, my God. Hartford women's basketball, who came into today 0-28. Let's be real. I got an ESPN alert about it. ESPN alert <laughs> about this game because Hartford came into this game 0-28. Oh, and something. Oh, and 27. Like 20, 20, 20, 20. I don't know. You sent me a picture of it. Yeah. What's the pick? And uh, they won their first game today. Yeah, oh, and 28. Uh, not only did they win their first game, but they beat... Uh, 25 and 2 Stony Brook. Stony Brook, who's probably going to you know, make it into the tournament. Two. Right? So, good for Hartford. Miracles that's, do happen. That's the kind of upset we like to see when like a twenty-five and two team loses to an zero and twenty-seven team. Gotta love 0-28 it. Twenty eighteen. Gotta love it. It's great stuff. Um, that's what we love about women's college basketball is that anything on any happen. given day, some team can, can go zero and twenty-eight. <laughs> right. I mean. I mean. Anything, anything can, can happen, happen. <laughs> but they can still pull off a huge upset. That's massive. Yeah, it's great. Cool for them. Yeah, it's exciting. And ESPN alert about That's what it. I mean. So ESPN it's like, holy oh, shit. ESPN's what? paying attention. What? Who knew? Right? Yeah. Um, some other exciting things that have been going on lately in the news. Uh, whether you've seen it or not, the NCAA is, you know, a hot topic right now is the NCAA transfer policy. Um, there's been a lot in the news lately about, you know, starting with kind of the ACC conference 
you know, making this a point of topic of conversation. Um, mm-hmm. But now the NCAA is talking about getting rid of the rule that says that a player has to sit out for a Kinda year. Kind of nuts. When they transfer. It's going to be like... So there's been a lot of weighing in on both sides of this issue. I mean, think about it. Like, think about if pros were able to just switch teams every year. And, like, still have, like, a four-year contract, basically. Like, you just get your four years of eligibility, and pros are just able to just swap around. So, I mean... They're going to be able to build super teams, like, oh, I like playing with you, or, like, I played in this AAU team with you one time, like... They can already do that. I know, but, like, somebody can get better. Yeah, but, like, like I, so I don't think it changes it that much. I don't think that's, like, a kind no? of comparison. No. no? Okay. Players what can you, already transfer. What you think? It's not like players can't transfer today. And it's know, not like they, they have can't. they that year that and people they get go to, away from. But they still get to pick where they go to school in the first place. So if they wanted to, they can team up the way all the South Carolina girls have and, you know, form a super team. So it's not like it changes any of that. Okay. What it changes is it changes intercollegiate recruiting. It's going to – things are going to change in terms of – So there's changes. Yeah, there's going to be changes. <laughs> if, 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 if players don't have to sit out a year, okay, then there's going to be that much more impetus for teams to try to poach players from other programs. Totally. There's going to be um, – presumably there will be more transfers – and it'll be a lot harder for teams to kind of build their kind of like their rosters year in and year out, not knowing if players are going to stay or go. Totally. Um, I think I'm not a fan personally. So I'm not a fan, but there is something to it, I guess, for some reasons that I think the NCAA doesn't allow people to transfer. In like certain certain circumstances, they don't give them the benefit of the doubt for the waiver and let them play right away. Um, you got to feel for some of those players. Sometimes it's their career, you know, their life. Like, let me go play at a different school. Like, maybe you don't like what's happening there. You didn't like what went on. Like, but they can do that. But you have to. It's but you have to out. sit out a year because there's a penalty. Yeah. For like. You know, giving up on your current. Team. Do you lose the year of eligibility? No, okay. you just have to sit I mean, a year. That's not the worst, I guess. I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with it the way there is. I mean, I understand that you know, from a player perspective, it's it's great if you can just transfer and and go play somewhere else right away. But there's a reason that this rule is in place to begin with, and it's because they want to discourage transfers because it really screws up like the the game and the teams and it makes it difficult for teams to plan for their rosters for the future and their scholarships and i just think that with the waiver already in place as something they can give out if if they feel like it's necessary and players already having the option to transfer i just there i feel like there are so few circumstances under which this new rule will benefit compared to how much more complicated it could become but that's just how I see it. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. It's going to be more complicated, but I also think that, like, maybe it makes it more exciting. Maybe it puts some, like, cool spin on it. I mean, if the NCAA in a few years might have to start paying players, maybe this is good for them. So this is the way they spin being able to, like, make revenue off of, like, 
jerseys changing hands, like different things like that, merchandising. So you think the combination of NCAA like players being able to get paid and the ease of transfer is going to be a good thing? Sounds to me like it's going to be a whole lot of like, I'll pay you more money to come to my school. Totally. It's going to happen. It's good. It's going to be ugly. But like, it could be fun too. I'm just saying, looking at it as like a fan of like of fantasy sports and things like that, like ad dropping and like you know waiver wire, it's pretty fun. <laughs> I'm just trying to you know. Like, I guess I'm just, just trying to look you know a little from the like. I'm just not into it. I get it. I get I'm it. Not into I get it. it. But it's probably gonna happen anyway. So, um, Oregon Satu Sabali uh, wrote a you know a, a letter Peace. about declaring for the draft this I'm year, <laughs> and she's ready to go. And she did it at a nice time. You know, she like kind of did it before senior week, before all the like color yeah, of the yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah. She was just like, let me just get this out of the way now. I'm out. Yeah, now now she gets to be like celebrated a little bit better, a little bit harder. She's amazing. She's gonna go number two. Maybe. Yeah. It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder if this is going to be like a trend where like they're going to have you know more and more juniors declaring that they're going to go for the draft early, as opposed to waiting until the three days between the end of the NCAA tournament and the draft. Totally to declare. Um, so I think she goes number two, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I, I just think how she's been playing. She's been playing so good lately. The projections have been split. Projections have been, uh, you know, mock drafts have been split between whether she goes two or three, or whether Lauren Cox goes two or three. So, um, but it's between we'll them, see. right? You know, you don't see anybody else squeezing in there. Probably not. No, but no, I'm like trying to think about it. No, but it's cool. Yeah, we'll Good see. For her. So that happened. Bye, Satu. Uh, there was a celebration of life for Kobe and Gigi this past week. And um, women's basketball was uh, heavily represented in heavily. the speakers. And it really goes to show that despite the legacy that Kobe left behind as a player and as, you know, uh, just a, a figure in the sport of basketball on the men's side, people recognize that his future was about women's basketball. Not yeah. only because of his daughter, but also because of the impact he was having with all kinds of players. Yep. He was just having such a big impact on everybody, you know. He was, you know, it looked like he was an incredible dad, an incredible ambassador to the game. Like, he was, all he did was keep pushing, pushing, and pushing for the better of other people all the time. Both men and women for basketball players. And look at how everybody, it was sold out. There was 40,000 people there, and plus... At this Kobe thing, like, it was wild. How many people his, like, Mamba mentality, like, mindset touched? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think there's anything surprising about that at all. To me, what is noteworthy about it, I mean, is that there was such an emphasis on women's basketball there. Between Sabrina and Diana Taurasi and Gino Ariema all speaking. Um, I mean, that's where Kobe's time was spent lately. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it was, it was good, kind of in in a sense that you know other people got to kind of see, you know, hey, there's this movement that's happening, and I want to be part of it. Kobe was at at the head of it. He, he was he was he was there. Yeah, his life after basketball has been solely the advancement of 
women and women's basketball. And now you see like Steph with like his daughters like going to like Oregon's games and like high fines of five and Sabrina and shit. I know. And it's great, you know, and you hope that like more NBA players, you know, get involved. Um, more NBA players that have daughters should be more involved. You saw Shaq's daughter dunk yeah. this past week. That was cool. Let's get let it, Shaq. Yep. Become that go em. run that mom <laughs> run run that mamba complex now. He somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah, and like who better than Shaq, you right? Know, with a daughter, with daughters, um, and uh, yeah, you know Kobe's boy and everything. Yeah, I think it would be cool. So, would be cool. Kobe, Sabrina, Genescu, um, hit uh, a mark this week that has never been hit before and may never be hit again. Although I think Paige Beckers has a chance to hit it. <laughs> I mean. Um, Page could go out in three years, so. Are you sure? I'm just saying. Is it is that how her birthday falls? Or she'll she'll be able to? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she's an older. I don't know. Um. Anyway, she hit a mark: uh, two thousand points, one thousand rebounds, one thousand assists, which has never been done in D1 history on men's or women's side, and it is remarkable. It's a remarkable feat, and it may never be done again. Um, yeah. She's been a triple-double machine ever since she got to college. and She's uh, incredible. Those numbers just speak for themselves. To have the game that she had to get it to on the Kobe Bryant, Gigi Knight, you know, playing Stanford, but like – a lot of like it was a big it, game. It was her first triple double against a top ten opponent. Yeah, and let alone a top five opponent. And she just basically she was, went off. I mean, her shooting percentage wasn't the best that game, but like, yeah, it's true. She, but like, twenty four and twelve and twelve is. But she was sick. She missed shoot around. It was the first time in her career she'd missed shoot around. Um, she wasn't feeling well. She had flown from L.A. up to Stanford, you know, earlier that day because she was at the celebration of life for Kobe and Gigi earlier that day before playing in that game to hit those marks. It's crazy. Really impressive. Impressive, yeah. Good job. Um, no doubt that she's going to be going number one. In the Good draft. job. Um, so why don't you want me to start talking about some of the upsets that happened? Yo. Sunday, this past I got Sunday. Some, I got some random topics too. Oh, might be, might be. Yo, chill, 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 chill. I wanted to mention our crossover or the little bit of crossover for our lives. Esports, um, the Washington um, Mystics and the Washington Wizards just launched their esports team and they signed Ariel Powers. That's to, dope. To their team. So I wanted to mention that. Ariel Powers for what sport? For Apex. For Apex? Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, they signed her, so she's on there. She just did, like, a, a, a WNBA eSports stream tonight. Like, Dope. it was sponsored by the WNBA. So, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, like... Uh, I didn't know about that. Jump on the eSports train. She usually plays with her dad and, like, her boys. Yeah. And, uh, it's fun to watch her, though. Yeah, it was just tonight, and I just saw it earlier, and I thought, like, WNBA pushing it to show that they love esports too yeah it's good for good. them for supporting their players interests too right yeah it's great so i thought it was fun that's it <laughs> that was the only topic yeah. so when you said you had a bunch of topics you uh, to i talk mean about. like i wanted to mention like you know mom premieres back don celia's 300 wins you said the sabrina stuff and maryland has 13th street wins 
those are, those are the other ones. Real quick. Awesome. Good shit. Yeah. You sure you want to talk about any of those things in more detail? I mean, Mom Premier's back, which is dope. Yeah, it's too late for Miami, though. They're not even going to make the tournament. I know. Um, but good that she's back because she's still projected to be a top draft pick. Yeah. I like her. I like her attitude and her her Instagram is hilarious. <laughs> but go on, though. Sorry, baby. I just cut you off from before. I, I, I don't have anything. I mean, go ahead. It's all, no, you it's want all you. So you wanted to go into the upsets from last week. That's what you were saying. Uh, I was starting to talk about this past Sunday and how they were like, you know, a gajillion upsets. Yeah. It seemed like every single ranked team was playing an unranked team and they were all losing. Which is amazing um, for... It was crazy. So, personally, the upset that I wanted to highlight was the upset of um, Alabama beating Mississippi State. That felt to me, even though it was a very tight loss for Mississippi State, to me it felt like one of the most impactful upsets to the bracket because um, Mississippi State was one of the teams battling for potentially that last force, that last number one seed, but certainly a two seed. Totally. And now it seems like maybe they're going to be on the three line if they're lucky. Yeah, I mean, um, some of these upsets are going to be pretty impactful. I think the Duke one is pretty big, too. Duke to NC State. Like, that's a big one. Duke's Duke's been playing pretty well, though, lately. So I do have to give it up to Duke. They've been beating some ranked teams. They beat, like, Florida State, like, last week, too. Yep. But, yeah. Crazy upset there, too. That uh, Gorecki, she had 24. Gorecki. Gorecki. Hilly Gorecki. Yeah, she had like 25, 4, and 5. Pretty good game. So, back to my upset <laughs> of the week. Just <laughs> usurped the conversation. Yeah. Um, First time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're like sick, so like I see like an injured fawn. I was like, I could jump, um, jump on it, <laughs> right? Um, My turn. Anyway, back to Mississippi State though. They lost to Alabama by a couple points. Um, the previous, the game right before that, they got pushed to overtime by Auburn, where they were able to squeeze out the win. And then the game before that, they lost to Kentucky by 11. So Mississippi State is going through a rough stretch right at the wrong time of the season. And I think it's going to have real big implications in the bracket for them. Um, and the truth is, like, the whole year I've been kind of, like, wondering, like, how they've been as good as they've been. And we were just thinking to do a contender showcase on them. We were talking about doing a contender showcase on uh, them. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs> Maybe not this week. Um, so, yeah, I think that they're going to be lucky if they can get – I think they're going to get a three seed if they're lucky. And – um that was a really big, big win for Alabama. You know, they were able to, um, you know, come back, you know, after, you know, being down by 11 in the first half. And they were able to come back and really, you know, close it out in, in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, there's some questions for Vic Schaefer's team, you know, not just this year, but, you know, beyond. I think he's a good enough recruiter. I think they'll be fine. I like, I like him as a coach. So I think they'll still be able to get people – Maybe they don't have the best classes right now, but they're a solid program. They always will be. Totally. Um, some of the other big upsets from this particular Sunday, um, Villanova, uh, unranked Villanova, beat number 12 DePaul. Uh, Colorado, unranked Colorado, beat number 11 Arizona. Boop, boop. 
Even though Get Arizona was without Ari McDonald. Which is like, uh, Unranked Utah took down twenty-one number 21 Arizona State. Washington, unranked, beat number 8 UCLA. A lot of upsets in the uh, in the Pac-12. Uh, Georgia Tech took Pac-12 down tough. Florida State. And Florida took down Arkansas. All of those were upsets of uh, a ranked ranked team on that one day. This Crazy. one Sunday. What was your upset of the week, John? So, my upset, I just mentioned it, is Duke UNC, uh, Duke NC State. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, yeah, just a big upset. I think Duke's been playing great. Um, they had the two upsets in the same week. So, yeah, it's fun, fun stuff. Fun upset. That's it? That's all you got? I mean, you. I, I said everything before, too, so I feel like even going back to it is dumb. All right, fine. Let's move on. Good job, Duke. Good job, Duke, right? Good for them. ACC's pretty good. Or they're not. But I'm feeling the same thing about the Pac-12 almost, too. I'm like, is it so good? Mm. Look at all those upsets. Is it as good as I think it is? Yeah, I don't know. I think the I think the Pac-12 is way better than the ACC right now. Yeah, I I okay. But you know, yeah, okay. What you got? Uh, I already gave my upset of the week. Oh, which which where you where you want to go? Wherever you want to go. Um, well, I thought you were driving the ship. <laughs> drive, <laughs> drive, baby, drive. What just happened? <laughs> I thought you were driving. <laughs> um so do you want to get into like some hot topics sure okay <laughs> you gonna put the clock on so hot topics is a segment where we run through <laughs> some of our you know some some boldish statements that we have for you know where we are in the season and we give each other either a yas queen or a naw girl and uh, we put five minutes on the clock, and we're going to go through them, and ready, set, hot topics. Okay, am I going to asking you first? Oh, okay. Um, Maryland will get a number one seed in, in the NCAA tournament. Nah, girl. You don't think their win streak can keep going and get them there? Oh, I think their win streak's going to keep going, but I, I just don't think they're going to get the other one seed. I think they'll be a two. A solid two. Maybe the first number two seed. Okay. Okay, fair. NC State will win the ACC championship. NC State's not going to win anything. So that, that's a big old naw girl. Naw? NC State's done. Uh, NC State's done. Uh, my, my only regret for <laughs> NC State is that we gave them a contender showcase. Like, <laughs> NC, and we See ya. Knew, and we knew this was a possibility yeah. going into the We saw we them like, get on okay, that four. They, we were played, like, they haven't played any good teams yet. Yeah. And they've just been losing. Kind of like what happened to UCLA. We were just yeah, but UCLA like, put together some big wins. Totally. They, they have some big wins. Not. They beat Louisville. Yeah, but then they've been losing to like everyone I mean, else. This is a big win. Yeah, I don't even think it's that big of a win because Louisville's like, eh. Okay. Eh. I just on a high in the ACC right now. All right. Uh, Kennedy Carter will bring Texas A&M to a Final Four appearance. I'm going to have to go Nah, girl. Um, like, I would love to see that. 
I just um, yeah, it would be exciting. I I just don't think they have the firepower to beat the top four seeds. Besides her, it's like the firepower around her isn't the best. I think they're gonna make it to an elite eight, and okay. I think that they'll give them a run for their money. But I don't think they're going to the final four. Okay. Uh, Dawn Staley will win Coach of the Year. No, I mean, nah, girl. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, like, like she might, and like, you know, Who, good for her. Any other does. people you have in mind? Uh, Tara Vanderveer. Yeah, I think she probably deserves it this year because they've dealt with major injuries to major players all year long. Yeah, and they've still, you know, been as solid as they've been. So for me, I think she deserves it. Okay, well, fair enough. Stanford will upset Oregon to win the Pac-12. No, nah, girl. Um, Stanford has already played Oregon twice. They've already been beaten twice. And even in this last I was going to say just, you know, like the third thing. Like, you know, three times is hard. Everybody always yeah. thinks that. Uh, meh. <laughs> oh, meh. Okay. And, and just for the record... Um, Louisville did not lose to NC State. I thought they did. No. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. It. I was like, that doesn't sound right to me. But you said it with such conviction. But no, they did not. <laughs> Louisville Louisville beat NC State. Louis, Louisville lost to Syracuse and Florida State. Florida State. Okay, my but bad. But they beat NC State. My bad. I feel like NC State hasn't won a game. In Look, oh, speaking of Syracuse, upsetting them, that will throw back. What about Notre Dame? Ah. <laughs> Uh, is it my turn for hot topics? Yeah, but you you went <laughs> off course and did that. So like, shut up. <laughs> I had to. I had to set the record straight. I have to prove you wrong right now. Fact check. Fact check. Prove you wrong now. Sabrina Nescu and Satu Sabli will go one two in the draft. Totally. I was just saying that before. I agree. Done. The SEC will record more victories in the NCAA tournament than the Pac-12. Ooh. Right? It was a good one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say nah, girl, but like, it's going to be real close. Mm-hmm. I, I think they are the two best. SEC has a lot of strong contenders. Yeah, I think they're the two best. Um, and I think they have some people that can make some real de- deep runs because they have some firepower players. UConn will secure the fourth number one seed. You think that you think? Mm-hmm. They have they have three losses on the year to the top three teams. Not, I'm a Yas Queen. Thank you. Uh, okay. Validate. I, me. I don't. I don't think anybody else can get like even. I'm trying to think. Everybody like, else, else deserves has worse it. losses. Yeah, that's than what UConn. I mean. Like, yeah. Okay. Fair. So, anyway. Uh, non-Power 5 conference teams will perform better collectively in this year's tournament than they ever have before. Nah, girl. Nah? Nah. You don't think it's their year? I think there's enough spread around the big conferences that they're going to not have that great of a showing this year. All right, all right. I think there's a lot of talent on a lot of like teams that are going to make some deep runs that aren't going to be the top teams. See, I just feel like there's not enough talent anywhere. 
And I feel like that could I be feel true. Like, I feel like but that could be true. Yeah, you could be right for there. For anyone. But but that's just where I'm at. You got like you know, you got like DePaul, the DePauls of the world losing to Villanova. You know, like I don't know. Yeah, but you got Mississippi State losing to Alabama. Alabama's got some wins. You know, you got NC State losing to you know, Georgia dude. Tech and Duke. Dude. Anyway, um, and my last one, even though time's up, <gasps> Northwestern will <gasps> sneak in and snag a two seed if they make an appearance in the Big Ten tournament finals. Ooh, I thought I saw something about this today. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a good one. A two seed? I, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. You're, they have to go to the finals of the... I'm saying if they get if to they the get finals to the of finals. the Big Ten, I think they get a two seed. <sighs> nah, girl. Mm. Nah. I think they're going to come in as a three. But I, I like that question, though. Yeah, I just think they only have three losses on the year. One of them is to Maryland, who they beat. Yeah. So they've already vindicated that one loss. Um, their other loss to Iowa, that was probably their worst loss of the season. Uh, they beat Indiana. You know, they've they've beaten pretty much everyone they're supposed to beat. They lost to DePaul by two points. So, like, they only have three losses, one to Maryland, one to Iowa, and one by two points to DePaul. And they have some big wins. So I think that they're, I think they're primed. To get a two seed with only three it could losses. be that last one. Could I think they might even be up Shh, higher? Nah, Look at all the upsets this past week. I uh, feel like the two and three line. I think who is a fucking mess. I think in the bracketology. I I I really think the the Pac-12 has played some real hard competition all year. There's a lot of really good teams there, and to see some of them not get the two line because of them beating up on each other would be real dumb to me. Yeah, but then all those teams have had bad losses in the Pac-12, too. But maybe it just shows how strong the Pac-12 is. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It sh- could help their cases. What was the most impressive thing you saw this week? Speaking of DePaul losing to Villanova, we got the triple-double. Trip dub. Another well, not Sabrina. That's trip triple double. Look at these women just throwing up triple doubles this week. I right. love it. So whose triple double was it? Uh it was who did I put you on my where is she? Oh my god. Uh Cameron Oken. Onken? Onken? Oken? Onken. Onken. I like yeah, Onken sounds better. But she had uh twelve, ten, and eighteen boards. Guard. She forward? Guard. Guard. Wow. What? <laughs> Impressive. Impressive, yeah. And she, you know, she shoots a three. She does a little bit of everything. Great. They upset. won by like 20 points, too. Great upset. It was a big win for them. I mean, when you're throwing up a triple double. Rough loss for DePaul. Rough. Yeah, bad time for the loss like Don't that. do that. Yeah. <laughs> but like Don't. Villanova's like, you know, a, a, a school with like a solid basketball historic pedigree. Basketball, yeah, historic you know I mean? basketball programs. Yeah, regardless of whether their women's yeah. team has been like you know, the up and up. You know, totally so. fair. I'm. I will give it to you there, Jay Wright, and on the men's side, wins then all the time national championship all the time. Yeah. So like, they they get people to go there. Cool. Yeah. Um. So I mean, 
What else do we have to talk about this week? Do we have any top matchups this week? It's kind of like... I don't know. Do you want to ask me what impressed me most this week? Did I forget about you? I know. I know. I know how you like to like usurp the conversation when I offer it to you. This, but is, like, my, this is my show today. Let's, let's do some counterpoint, baby. Okay. Um, let's let's what, just rewind and try again. Ready? Go. Hey, baby. So what impressed you most uh, the most this week? Well, thank you so much for asking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <sighs> I got you. So I got nice. you. It's so nice to feel invited to share. You're here too. Um, <laughs> Only the... speak on commentary on my answers. <laughs> uh, the thing that impressed me the most this week are the upsets in the ACC. Um, so Duke upset NC State and Florida State this week. Uh huh. Georgia Tech upset NC State and Florida State this ooh, week. Ooh, girl. Um. You know, Louisville lost to Syracuse, you know, uh, earlier this week. Notre Dame. Notre Dame turns around <laughs> and beats Syracuse. Um, the ACC has been, it's been a mess this year. You know, like you thought, you thought Louisville and NC State maybe were poised to, like, sit at the top and, like, you know, dominate. But the ACC is going to have uh, a victor this year with at least three regular season losses. Hot fucking mess. And that's and that's crazy because Notre Dame has dominated this this you know conference since they got into the conference and they got got like 17 losses that's not even i mean whatever but um so the thing for me is is (laughs) most impressive are these upsets because there's been a lot of them in the acc um on any given (laughs) night any team could win it feels like and that makes the tournament really interesting to be honest um and uh a lot is up in the air, and a lot is up for grabs for the ACC, for the tournament, um, for the NCAA tournament, and how they perform in the ACC tournament. And uh, it's one that I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on because, yes. you know, you think Louisville's going to run away with it, but at the same time, it feels like any number of teams could take that tournament. So maybe that's the most impressive. Maybe it's also the least impressive thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, the top of that is the most unimpressive, but like the bottom of it's pretty good, right? So that's what that's what I wanted to throw out there. Cool um, stuff, baby. How about that contender showcase? Cont- oh, so oh. really big game that happened this week Ooh. was number three Oregon playing number four Stanford, uh, which we talked a little bit already because that was the night that Sabrina um, locked down her two K one K one K, you know, career you know line. Um, and uh, Oregon asserted themselves and and won that game, even though it was yeah. only by like six or eight points. Yeah, they were winning by like twenty most of the game. Um, it's even impressive that Stanford was in that game because of like what it meant to Sabrina and like totally. what her team knew it meant to her. So like, where Stanford is with all the injuries, woo. Yeah, Stanford. They're, they're a fun team. Stanford has had a difficult year for injuries. You know they've. Um, you know, arguably two of their most important, two of their most important players, Maya Dodson and Dijon Carrington, have been out for the majority of the year. And then incoming freshman Haley Jones, who was the number one recruit in that class, came in and was playing really well for them. Third and she got injured too. And Stanford has been very hush about their injuries. People have not known when these players are coming back, if they're coming so back. So sketchy. Maya Dotson is now back and playing. She played in this game and started, and this may be her fourth or fifth game back from injury. But before that, people didn't know if she was coming back this year. because How sketch. 
Stanford's been mad sketchy about it. Yeah, sketch. The Haley so, Jones thing? Like, what the hell? We still don't really know what her injury is, um, but we do know pretty definitively that she's not coming back this year. It was basically like they said, we're very confident her timetable is what we expected. Right, without sharing with anyone. Thank you. Thank you for the vagueness in that. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous that they're getting away with it. We yeah. talked about this last time, too, but... Dijon Carrington is another hugely important piece to this team that's been out since November, and we don't think she's coming back this year. What's, but like, what's going on? She could. <laughs> so um, imagine they all imagine her and Haley Jones just like came back. <laughs> right. I mean, they were exactly. just saving her, saving them till the tournament. Um, but you have to be impressed with, what, with what they've been able. <laughs> right. I know, exactly. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> We got this too now. <laughs> um, but it's been impressive what they've been able to do without these players. When yeah. you think about like how many teams could sustain the loss of three of their top five players and still put together the record that they've put together. Stay number Not two. Many. I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> from So it's it's my niece's birthday today. And it's so Belle. my sister is trying to FaceTime me right now, so that's what that noise is that we hear in the background. And why don't you take so, it? No, no, no. I'll take no, it No, just after. take it. Why? On the phone. We'll be like, hi. I'll take it after. <laughs> anyway. Um, that would have been fun. One day we'll be talking about my niece in this podcast, but not today. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, so anyway, back to Stanford. I love you. Um, like, you know. Like, could UConn survive without Megan Walker, Olivia Nelson Adota, and Crystal Dangerfield? No. No. So, like, the fact that Stanford has put together the record that they have in the conference that they've put it together with the talent they've been losing, again, brings back what you said earlier, which is this is why I think Tara Vanderveer is a front runner for Coach of the Year. Um, and I think at the end of the day, Stanford has relied on their depth and their strong defense to get them through coaching the and coaching. Yeah. Um, I agree. So I'm going to hop into their projected starting lineup. Hit me. But who knows if it'll stay this way. Give me it. Um, so far. So lately they've been throwing out senior forward Nadia Fingal at 6'3". Junior forward Maya Dodson, who's now back at 6'3". Junior guard Kiana Williams at 5'8". And she's really kind of like the leader of this team Anchor right, right now. now. Kind of um, holding things down. Expected to do most of the scoring and really kind of like be their like, you know, leader. Uh, sophomore guard Lexi Hall at six one, and sophomore guard Lacey Hall, the twins. Um, I mean, Lexi ain't scared of shooting. I can no. tell you that. Though. <laughs> um, uh, the box score I was looking at the box scores recently. I'm like, oh girl, she had a really great scared. game against Oregon. Uh, she put up a lot of points in that game, and she looked really good. Yo, she has a quick trigger, mm -hmm. real fast release. So that could be very good if she's she hones in on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, scoring's always going to be the harder thing for Stanford. They're a big physical team. Um, you know, their guards are, are large, too. They're six foot for the most part. Um, they have a lot of depth on their bench at the forward position. They've got incoming freshmen, not incoming freshmen, freshmen, Fran Belibi, Ashton Prestel, um, you know, Hannah Jump. Uh, all those freshmen are coming off the bench and helping out. Um Senior guard Anna Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, and Sierra were at the game to support Anna Wilson. 
who plays on Stanford. They're going to be good for a while. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of depth. They've got another great incoming freshman class next year. They're going to be really uh, good. And their MO is really about um, athleticism and strong defense and, you know, really taking the full 30 seconds of the shot clock to put together the best possible look. And it's kind of slowing the game down and making it into a lower-scoring affair. Yeah. Um, And that's how they're going to beat you. They're going to wear you down on the defensive end so that you have to spend more energy on both sides of the floor to get it done. Um, And Tara Vanderveer, Hall of Fame coach, you know, second winningest coach in history, you know, with like six or seven wins behind Pat Summit's record. Crazy. And she'll break that record probably this year or next. Crazy. So, um, well That's, deserved though. She's a cool coach. She is. She's I a like great her coach. style. She's a great it's coach. Really good. Um, she's done amazing things with with this program, whether she's got the best players coming in or not. And um, you know, they're definitely a contender this year. And uh, we'll see if they're able to you know make some more noise in the Pac-12 tournament. They lost to Oregon twice, but three times is hard. It is real hard thing to do. But yeah. So we salute you, Stanford. <laughs> Contender showcase. Showcase. Um, do we have anything else that we want to bring up on them? Do you have anything else you want to bring up? I've been talking. I know. You've been talking. I've been spitting. Spitting. What you got? I mean, that stuff. <laughs> I like what you were saying. <laughs> no, I was going to do my spotlight queen on uh, Lexi Hall, so I wanted to just like transition into that. Spotlight queen. Spotlight queen! Yeah, it's a good time. Good time to go into spotlight queen. So, my spotlight queen, I will go right off of what we were just talking about in our contender showcase. Lexi Hall, one of the twins that plays for Stanford. She's having a great year. Quick release shooting, long player, plays pretty good D, and she's shooting around 37% from three, and she shoots a lot, she's not afraid to shoot, (laughs) Um, that's for sure, Uh, but somebody's got to do it on that team with all the injuries, so, you know, I hope she keeps on getting better, and with that shot, if she's able to, like, really refine it, get that thing right, she could be one of the better shooters because of how quick she can get that that ball out of her hand. Mm-hmm. My God, it's just so quick. I watched her get like a couple quick threes in, uh, on the wing in that game, and I was like, oh, look at that. That thing gets out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, her Instagram is real fun. She posts a lot of pictures. She's one of the few people that still posts a lot of pictures. Nice. <laughs> uh, we see a lot of times, you know, Athletes are a little bit, you know, a little bit more careful nowadays just because of how the how it is. Um, but she's got like a couple hundred pictures, I think, on there and something like that. And like, um, she puts up a lot of stories. Seems like they're having a lot of fun out there you know, for their team. So it's good to see her Instagram's real easy. Lexi Hall, L E X I E H U L L. All one word. All one word. Cool. Real simple. So drop her that follow. Awesome. Are you going to drop the follow? Yeah, I already follow her. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> whoops, my bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so who you got? Who's your spotlight queen? So, spotlight queen. I mean, we were just talking about this earlier about how we hadn't yet thrown the spotlight on Sabrina Ionescu, even though we talk about her Oops. all the time. Oops. So <laughs> it seemed like this would be a good week to spotlight her, especially with her achievement of 2K, 1K, 1K. My God. Um, and everything that she's kind of been doing this year. Um, you know, she's Sabrina Ionescu is, you know, a, a once-in-a-generation player, um, possibly a once-in-a-lifetime player. She's been the anchor for this team. She's built this Oregon team from – essentially nothing into the powerhouse that it is now and uh she's going to be the number one pick in the draft i mean when she's you... potentially going to be the point guard for team usa at the olympics she's just um she's just you know an incredible player an amazing ambassador for the sport and uh you know she's definitely someone that if you're not paying attention to already you should begin to pay attention to her now i mean when you think about what 2,000, 1,000, 1,000 actually means that nobody has ever done it in college basketball history, men or women. It's kind of crazy with the players that it's have crazy. been there, with like what's gone through college. Wow. Like, oh my God. Well, I mean, when you think about the actual numbers, it's it's an unbelievably difficult mark to hit. I mean, you're talking about averaging like... Averaging like something like you know sixteen to like twenty points a game, eight rebounds and eight assists for your entire college career, all the time. And and there just aren't that many players that have the skill set to put those numbers up for both rebounds and assists. Nope. Um. So it's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. But good on her. I mean, she's she deserves everything she's gonna get this year. She's gonna be the player of the year. She's gonna go number one. Like you said, gonna be the starting point guard for. Team USA, she's amazing. She's yeah. like, you know, look what her jersey did when they sold it in the Nike store. Totally. Gone. Seconds. Totally. It's impressive. Um, so, you know, her Instagram is, you know, she posts a lot of stories. Um, she doesn't do as many actual posts. But, um, you know, it's mostly ball. You know, she's pretty much a diehard baller. She's and, a baller. Uh, and through there's and nothing through. wrong with that. Yeah. But uh, everyone should throw her a follow. It's Sabrina underscore I. So S-A-B-R-I-N-A underscore I. And, uh, yeah, Sabrina Inescu, we uh, you know, salute you. We salute you. Um, some of the games that are coming up this week that you should make sure you check out. Um, there's a big top 15 matchup between Stanford and Arizona on Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, but it's not televised. Um, and then we have a couple games on Sunday that are noteworthy. We have Texas A&M and South Carolina facing off at noon Eastern on ESPN2. Um, and oh. then we have Stanford and Arizona State facing off at 2 Eastern. Uh, and then we have um, Maryland and Minnesota facing off at 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. So those are all some of the best matchups that are coming up this week. Make sure you check them out. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yas. And yas. These lights in here are killing me today. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know Sensitive why. Sensitive to the lights? Yeah, these fluorescent bulbs. <laughs> I mean, our our studio is pretty bright. 
No, don't. <laughs> At least we have a studio. Studio. That's right, people. We have a studio. That does it for the <laughs> Queens of the Court podcast. We're the king size queens on Paul Jafrida. I'm John And thanks for listening to us and for being here with us. And uh, follow women's basketball and pay attention to it. And, and do things. Yeah. Show love to the women. <laughs> and remember to pump it up. You got to bump it up. Pump these women up. Uh, bye. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.